Okay, next I'm going to call up Kimberly Rutledge, who is our legislative chair. Come on down. I'm Kimberly Rutledge. Okay, this is our third special session of the 88th legislature. It began on Monday, October 9th. Uh, Governor Abbott has officially called this session to include school choice, border security, ending COVID-19 vaccine mandates, and public safety regarding Colony Ridge. So while the Texas Senate got down to business and pushed out legislation, the House began the special session by taking three days off. <laughs> so it should be noted that this special session is addressing issues that were killed in the Texas House. So, we have H.R. 16, calling on the House of Representatives to extend a formal apology to Paxton for its political weaponization of the impeachment process. The House General Investigating Committee failed to provide House members with adequate time to evaluate the information it presented to the members, causing Paxton to be suspended from office and other nastiness related to politics. Then we had SB1. These are all state issues. These are state to begin with, and I've got federal coming at the end. Uh, SB1 is about school choice. It's passed. Let me back up. The Texas Senate has done their job. These things are now being heard by the House if they can get a hearing. Okay, SB1 is school choice. It passed by a vote of 18 to 13. And did you notice that Scorecard refers to public schools as government schools? Because I know a lot of you follow Scorecard and they call it government schools. Which I think, yes, language, language, language. Anyway, so uh, according to the Texas Bond Review Board, Texas has the third highest local debt per capita among the nation's top 10 most populous states behind New York and California. Texas has the school debt problem. So SB4 increases the penalties for human smuggling and operating a stash house. This was assigned to the House State Affairs. SB11 creates a criminal penalty for improper entry from a foreign nation and passed in a vote of 19 to 12 with all Democrats Voting against the measure, and this was also assigned to state House State Affairs. SB 7 bans employer vaccine mandates and passed in another party line vote of 19 to 12. However, Baylor College of Medicine recently required COVID-19 shots of all students, faculty, and staff, so it's a little late. Uh, a state law passed earlier this year which forbade the state and local governments from issuing a variety of pandemic era mandates, including the COVID-19 VAX requirements. It notably did not address private businesses or universities. So the governor's special session call gives lawmakers the opportunity to close that loophole. Again, this was assigned to the House State Affairs. SB 2 provides a $10,000 raise for rural teachers and a $3,000 raise for urban teachers. Now, there are four GOP state reps uh, who have created a plan that they say will address cartel activity in the Colony Ridge 
housing development in Liberty County, located northeast of, of Houston. Part of the plan is to consider expanding the special session call to include legislation to place Liberty County under a state conservatorship, if facts warrant it. The lawmakers say by establishing a conservatorship, the state could coordinate law enforcement operations and county restrictions to clean up and clean out Colony Ridge. There are more Colony Ridges around the state. Winchester has one. So right in Fayette County, we have a problem with the way the Hispanics now are buying property. And we know, because we live in Winchester, that there are trailers out there and they have extension cords giving them electric power from one trailer to the next. And we have no idea how they handle plumbing, septic, none of that, because there's, it's unincorporated. So there's nothing that makes them do anything. And so we have a brewing situation in Winchester. We've known about it since we moved out there. We find it incredible that something like this can just crop up in your community. Nobody wants to talk about it. The fire department has a big issue with it because you know it's a fire safety issue with the extension cord providing electricity. So it's in Fayette County as well. Okay, uh, how state affairs heard SB4, SB7, SB11 on Monday, this past Monday. Each bill was left pending. So they met today, so hopefully these bills might be considered for a committee vote. Today they will also hear HB4, the, the border security bill, and they will also hear, be invited, uh, they will also hear invited testimony on Colony Bridge. So, there's more. Uh, House Appropriations will hear the HB 6 next Monday for the construction, operation, and maintenance of border barrier infrastructure. On the federal level, we have House Resolution 3413. This legislation increases scrutiny of foreign investment in agricultural businesses. This bill formally placing the United States Department of Agriculture Secretary as a member of the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. The Agricultural Security Risk Review Act ensures that the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. is operating effectively and efficiently to determine if a transaction, including agricultural, threatens to impair the national security of the United States. As you may recall, Senator Cocourse uh, filed similar legislation. However, the Texas House would not give it a hearing. Despite increasing foreign investment in U.S. agriculture, the U.S. Department of Agriculture lacks a permanent seat at the table with the Committee on Foreign Investment. So right now, Thomas Vilsack was confirmed as the 32nd United States Secretary of Agriculture by the U.S. Senate. He was nominated by President Joe Biden to return to a role where he served for eight years under President Obama. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States is an interagency committee that reviews potential national security threats of foreign investment in the U.S. This committee consists of nine members, chaired by the Secretary of Treasury and includes the Secretaries of State, Defense, Homeland Security, Commerce, Energy, and the United States Trade Representative, the Attorney General, and the Director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy. So it's important that we can get the Secretary of Agriculture on this committee because otherwise he has no ability to review any of this 
this stuff that goes through committee. Then we have the Corporate Transparency Act, which became effective, which becomes effective January 1, 2024. The Corporate Transparency Act was enacted in 2021 and was passed to enhance transparency in entity structures and ownership to combat money laundering, tax fraud, and other illicit activities. So, beginning in January 1, the U.S. Corporate Transparency Act will require corporations, limited liability companies, limited partnerships, and other similar entities to disclose the beneficial ownership information regarding these owners, officers, and controlling persons to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, a bureau within the U.S. Department of Treasury. So now we will find out who owns what. Of course, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I mean, they've got exemptions for certain corporations. And if a child has a beneficial interest in these entities, they are exempt. So what do you do? You have your child be the beneficial owner of these entities. <laughs> Might as well. Sign your kids up. They own something in the U.S. Case in point. So we have Senate Bill 2824, which is Secure the Border Act. This is sponsored by Ted Cruz in the first stage of the legislative process. The bill which passed the House of Representatives as HR2 is the most comprehensive border security legislation in decades. The Senate bill was introduced into Congress on September 14th, so it just happened. All 30 co-sponsors are Republican, however this bill has a 4% chance of getting past committees and has a 1% chance of being enacted. There is a companion bill, H.R. 2, Secure the Border Act of 2023, that passed the House in May 11, 2023. I could not find anything past that. I couldn't find, whether it was heard in Senate, I couldn't find anything on it. It could have happened, I just couldn't find it. The National Education Association pushed against it because they believe this bill would restore Trump-era medieval solutions to modern-day problems. I don't know why the National Education Association gets a voice in this kind of stuff. I don't get it. So, I, I copied this bill. Well, actually, I printed the, the, the table of contents. This bill has very interesting things. If you ever get a chance, go out there and look at this bill. They have uh, a section on border wall construction, strengthening the requirements for barriers along the southern border, border and port security technology investment plan. It's a very comprehensive bill. It's extremely interesting reading. I won't read it all to you because it's 211 pages. So the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Technology Upgrades, and this is just, I'm taking this from the table of contents. Not all of it, just some of it. Air and Marine Operations Flight Hours, Eradication of Cariso Cane and Salt Cedar. I wanted to read that session, but I just had to get my report done. <laughs> then the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Spiritual Readiness, uh, a collection of DNA and biometric information at the border. That's got to be a good thing. Uh, alien Criminal Background Checks. GAO study on costs incurred by states to secure the southwest border. I want to read that now. Uh, clarification of asylum eligibility. Rules for determining asylum eligibility. 
notice concerning frivolous asylum applications, which I think most of them are, and inspection of applicants for ad admission. You have to know if they're putting this in the bill, it may not be happening right now. Uh, mandatory briefings on United States efforts to address the border crisis. Repatriation of unaccompanied alien children. Special immigrant juvenile status for immigrants unable to re reunite with either parent. Then we have the visa overstays. Expanded penalties for illegal entry or presence. Preemption and states' rights. Fraud and misuse of documents. Use of employment eligibility verification photo tool. And agricultural workforce study. That's just a few of them. I mean, the... the Table of contents went three pages. And this is the Senate bill or the House bill? This is a Senate bill. The one that Ted Cruz is trying to get done. Yes. This actually is HR2, which is the companionship bill. Ted Cruz did the Senate bill. Oh, That's okay. the one that has the very this low chance of passing. This has a 28% chance of passing, which is discouraging. Anyway, that's all I have for tonight. I don't want to step on our speaker's time. I do want to say one more thing. Okay, today, Jim Jordan is now going to try for a third ballot. So three Texas Republicans firmly against him as a House Speaker. Kay Granger of Fort Worth, Tony Gonzalez of San Antonio, and Jake Essie of Waxahachie all voted against Jordan's bid again during the second vote. These may be people you want to contact. Just just contact them and tell them to vote for Jim Jordan. Let's get this done because we're living in suspended animation without a House Speaker. Did they say why? They didn't say why. They voted for Scalise. Right. So even though Scalise voted for Jordan. You know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world not to have a House Speaker because then nothing happens. And I think we're safer with nothing happening than some of the stuff that they do. It's probably not a bad thing. Thank you, Kimberly.